Hello, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. We are going to do a Let's Talk episode, and you just might be surprised who I'm talking to today. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, links will be down in the description on how to reach me on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, all of that lovely jazz. And we're going to hear from a word from our sponsors, because you know, I am that girl. I mean, it pays for the Dollar Tree snacks, so you know, I'm here for it. Hello, my renegades. Welcome back. And we are doing Let's Talk. And instead of Lily Capiche, it's my lovely, sexy husband, Terrence. Hello. So what are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about trauma and how that affects, how that affects people in relationships and families and just an all-around acquaintances and in the society that they live in. Yeah, so in, like, relationships in general. Yes. That's interesting. So, how do you think trauma affects relationships, in when, your own opinion? Well, number one, I think it trauma affects relationships. Number one, it goes back to the parents. It goes mm-hmm. back to the parent, the parenting in your upbringing. Um, and what you've experienced as from one years old to five years old. Um, if you look at statistics Mm -hmm. usually a child becomes who they're going to be from one to five so depending on that person's environment how they were raised what they saw um is really how it creates their belief system it creates their confidence um from that one to five stage that child is getting development not only in the mind but also um in their self-esteem That's really cool. I think um, your in-laws have also, or my in-laws have told me about that as well when we first started dating. And um, it was very enlightening because they even told me that you should, you know, learn their love language because children have love languages. And um, well, the majority of parents sometimes they wanna they wanna copycat off of their hopes and dreams upon their children, which is not, yeah, not, which is not the not best see, thing to do. That's why you see dance moms and toddlers and tiaras and all those kids being traumatized and stuff like that. It's all because they're living vicariously through their kids because they never got the chance to do what they are forcing them to do, mm-hmm. basically. But, um, I mean, can I call them mom and pops? Yeah, whatever you want. I know, I'm just saying, because, like, it's, usually we say that within the family. So I didn't know if that was allowed or not. (laughs) But, um, mom and pops, those are my in-laws, and, uh, they have taught me that you should love a child, learn to, you know, love your child from one to five and also figure out their love language because sometimes if a if your child ends up giving you a drawing their 
love language is probably gift giving. So they're giving yeah. you a gift. And just because you love that child from one to five doesn't automatically almost guarantee that they're going to be responsive to you when they're 30. All you can do is the best you can. Um, and at some point they have to make their own choices, but you as a parent have to do what you have to do until that point where they can do what they want to do. Now, sometimes I'm guessing that I'm not a parent, but I'm guessing that's probably, probably hard because you invested in your kid and you want the best for them. And from one to five, you give them everything and then they're teenagers and then they're off making their own decisions probably you don't agree with those decisions but you you can't control a child either right controlling a child i feel is you know now there's parents who do oh yeah we can talk about that on another session about how oh no i mean we can talk about it right now to be honest (laughs) but there's there's other things we need to talk about right now i know but i'm just saying like for instance when you force a child it just pushes them to do the thing that you tell them not to do well yeah like perfect example if, if you're if you're a, if your family goes to a sunday service or a church and you tell that kid oh make sure you dressed your best and you tell him all these things that he should do to serve god and you gotta dress like this you have to talk like this oh yeah get noticed you, you know <laughs> it's all about show and then when they do believe in God and they're going to these services and they're talking to the pastor when the pastor gets crazy and they see all the the dark skeletons of the church it makes them look at God a certain way and then if your parents are not serving God the right way then how they expect to serve a God when their parents are jacked up so again it goes back to the household yeah and that's how I feel in there's many ways but I think that's one way a lot of people end up hating God because of the reflection of the parents and how they perceive God. Oh, absolutely. Like if you're, if your parents basically hate you or ever said like, I wish you'd never been born. Oh man, that's terrible. How are you going to think that a God who you can't see loves you? Exactly. It's, it's almost impossible. Exactly. So yeah. that causes trauma. Yeah. That's, that's probably the most deepest trauma you possibly could get as a young kid to know that your parents don't want anything to do with you or you're a regret yeah absolutely so because of that trauma and you remembering that not only is your self-esteem low but you'll always go to relationships that what reflect reflect that so you'll never feel good enough so you'll always go to relationships that put you down Mm -hmm. that beat on you why do you think women keep going back to men that hurt them because they're used to it exactly and somehow it is comfortable exactly that's all they know that's all they know so then if if a if someone does come around to treat them good they'll push them away because they don't feel like they're worthy enough yep yep that's so true that's very true yeah um i don't know personally from my point of view like from my life i know you know and i know a lot of my listeners know that I grew up in a family that was super religious, and of course, you know, I was dressed up to the point where I just hated dresses and I don't wear them. I dress like a tomboy most of the time, and I know that's annoying, Um, (laughs) but there's reasons for the things that I do nowadays, 
and I feel like there are things that I do unknowingly until it's been pointed out and then I'm like well it's because my parents did this to me and I I don't want that to happen you know so there's still a lot of things that need to be unearthed like in me in my heart so that way I'm not comparing myself to my parents or my siblings or anything like that and it's all because you know my parents they had a very wishy-washy way of uh, disciplining me or even loving me because there have been times where and it's not the fact that they didn't love you I just don't think they knew how to love you the right way no yeah you're right there have just been times where I remember my stepdad would get upset because I didn't organize my drawer the right way. Like, he ripped it out of the dresser and threw it down on the ground. Which, he, at the time, he was probably teaching you about a spirit of excellence. Because, if you can remember, babe, when I first met you, your apartment was trash. And? I'm just saying, like... And again, guys, we're just talking here, so this is called Let's Talk. So we're 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 getting deep here. When I first met Sarah, um, Sarah, you know, she struggled with mental illness, depression. as you guys know, depression. So she had a lot of trauma in her life. So when I first met her, and I first came to her apartment, it was trashy. You know, like she no, it leave. wasn't the first. Like the front room was, but my bedroom. But their wasn't. bedroom was, yeah. And you and, wanted and, to see it again, again. You again, wanted again, to see again. it. It was trashy. No, no, no. And I said, see, you need to pick this up. I said, I, I said, because I don't play that. <laughs> no, you said it smelled like pantyhose. <laughs> it smelled like something. Oh, you're a dick. And listen, I said I don't like a mess. You need to start cleaning. That's you need to start cleaning this said. up. That's not and what she said. To make a long story short, she cleaned out though. I yeah, I clean all the time. But she like, don't like a mess no more. No. But but it just shows you the mindset of people of how they were raised and really how they were raised in the environment they were raised is really the habits that they create, which create the mental illness. Mental yeah, illness. so my stepdad doing that and making me cry and traumatizing me, that, that was trauma. I, it just was. Because, let's be honest, it comes back to this. All mental illness, trauma, all of it is the result of not being loved the proper way. Yeah. We can say, oh, it's medicine for this, it's medicine for that. But if we go back... To when each single person was born out of their mother's womb. Nobody knew anything. And all they knew is that they wanted to be loved. That's all God put in us is to be loved. Because he loves us. So he put that in us. So we, because he put that in us, our parents were supposed to reflect that. So when they don't. That creates a void in them that in their life, if they don't get it, they'll go through their life trying to find it through other things. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Mm. So, I want to get on the topic. (laughs) Now that we're talking about this, 
babe, about a topic that it's really kind of um, on my heart to talk about, and that's um, when it comes to men and women who've been molested. And we've talked about, me and you talked about this a lot of times, but I'm beginning to notice that one thing about molestation and rape and things of that nature is it always happens inside the family or the home. It almost does. Almost does. Um, or a camp or a church gathering or something, you know, They'd very... Have to get, they have to be close to that person. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed every time, definitely in the family, if there's a rape or molestation going on, that person is basically silenced and they won't come out and tell them what, tell anyone what they're going through. And it's surprising that most women and men who've been molested, they have a very, 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 very strong, um, resistance to someone loving them. Yeah. Because they feel like they're not worthy of it. Yep. And definitely for women. Like, I'll come back to the men. I'll come back to the men. But when it comes to the women, um, if your grandfather molests you, if your father father or your uncle... Or even your mother. Mothers can do it too. However it is, you trusted that person basically in your life to protect you. So when they violated that, then you have trust issues with men. Mm-hmm. Because definitely if it's your father, if your father ever molested you or your grandfather, the trust issues you will have throughout your whole entire life. And the majority, and this, and this what I'm going to say right here. Listen to this, because this is this is hard. This is hard. This is not for everybody. So just listen. If you have been molested, man or woman, by someone who you truly trust and put your faith in, and you have not gotten over that, it's going to be very, very hard for you to maintain a healthy relationship with anybody. Because... The trauma that you experienced is so deep, you will always push a person who's trying to get close to you and who is genuine genuine away. Because in your mind, you feel like if I get too close to this person, that person's gonna do exactly what that a person did to me when I was molested. Mm-hmm. And usually that is one side of it. There is another side where you know, kids who have been molested, they end up masturbating too early and they, sexually active too early. Yeah, they're sexually active too early and that can also turn into I don't want to say sexual deviancy, but they just get way too sexually active way too early and that ends up being sustained even in adulthood to where they want to have sex all the time and all of that and what's going on there is that sometimes uh when that happens a switch happens in their mind that even though this happened 
it's a way of kind of erasing that traumatic thing in their life mm, never thought about by it like doing that. it again and again and again to cover up that trauma yeah there's there's women and men that do that but um i have shared this with some of my viewers i've only said it once in one episode but i was a victim of molestation um I never really went into detail, but let's just say this person I really uh, thought I could trust, and they would uh, they would rub my legs while they told me stories of, you know, rape, murder, torture, all of that. And those were my bedtime stories. Yeah. So again, like it's it's it it gets deep. It gets really really deep. Um, that's why you know I feel like if you've ever if you got whoever is listening and if you guys struggle with being molested or if you have been raped or if you struggle with any sort of trauma in your life, one thing I've learned is the best thing to do is to not hold it in. Um, one of the things that I've learned being 30, almost 33 years of me living on this earth is that the stuff that we hold inside is not meant to stay inside. It's meant to be released. Mm -hmm. And the more you hold inside, the more you're doing your body and your mental state of self harm, because a lot of that stuff it, it needs to be let out into the open. It needs to be released. And that's the only way you heal is for the release to happen. So if you guys are struggling today with any of that, I definitely encourage you to get a counselor, um, get someone you trust to talk about these issues because mental health and our society, what we go through um, in this generation is very, very concerning. And we need all the people we need in this world that understands um, what people are going through regarding trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, cause we finished on the women's side, but I know that with men, they will never talk about it. No, because men are stubborn. Well, no, and and and, and that's another reason a, why I it's said it's a shameful thing. I, I guarantee you this right now. You will you will hear a woman confess her issues way before a man will. Because for a man to confess that he's been touched or molested makes them feel less of a man. Yes, yes, and yes, and you know it's very hard for a man to open up even about his mental health i mean there's a lot of men who struggle with mental health but they just don't want to say it or come out and say it because they don't want to be victimized as that you know men are Mm -hmm. men are supposed to be strong men are supposed to be you know masculine and you know even though i do feel that you know you know i don't want to even get on this topic but you know women right now in this generation like they're doing a lot of stuff that men can do, which, you know, I don't blame them. Like if a woman has to do what she has to do, like if she has to 
take care of her her son or her daughter by herself and she has to do work what a man does and she has to do what she has to do but a woman was not supposed to raise a child or do any of this thing by herself Mm -hmm. that was not the attention that was not the plan um so when you're doing when when a woman is doing what a man's supposed to do she's doing she's out of order she's not doing what she originally was supposed to do and that's why we have so many families in disarray and it's out of order because the man who was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to do doesn't do it anymore and now the woman has to do it so there's a lot of disorder right now just with like the family and how people raise their kids and just you know even with a lot of things right now and it, it it's it's making really our society flip upside down and you wonder what's right or what's yeah. wrong now i feel like a lot of women who do that it's just because there's a lack of a father in the home well that or because they never had a strong male figure to hold them accountable yeah so now they if, if a woman's done everything by herself since she was what 13 14 mm-hmm. it's like i've done this by myself like who are you to tell me what to do right mm-hmm. and i can't blame her right i can't blame she her didn't have that authoritative figure to teach her how to be a you know a good woman but know? I will say this. How is that going to help her in in a marriage, though? It's not. It's not. It's not. She's almost going to be unmarriedable. She's uh, she's going to be way too independent. And she's going to do everything. And the male will become a beta male, which I hate. I hate that word. I hate that term that's been thrown around. Men were not supposed to be beta males. You're supposed to be a fucking alpha male. And the woman's supposed to be an alpha female, okay? In wolf packs, there's an alpha male and an alpha female, and they lead the pack together. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of men who I'm gonna be honest, babe, they don't even want to work. Yeah, I know. There's a they lot don't. Of they don't even. Who don't want to do that either? Who? No, a lot of women that don't want to do that either. Do what? Work. I disagree. Really? I disagree with that. Hey y'all! Hey, listen! I'm I, I'm sticking up for y'all women, all right, right now, cause y'all women can work. Yeah, y'all women can work. I hate y'all can, women. Y'all, y'all are lazy. Y'all can no no y'all can work. I've seen women like busting their ass at factory jobs, like putting in like forty hours at a factory job, busting their ass. But then it's a nigga, strong nigga who big cocky. <laughs> type of dude oh, I don't want to work man get out of here bro yeah no get out of here man no the reason why- and you got kids right. oh no oh no <laughs> oh no see listen the reason why I say that is because I've seen certain women want to be pampered and shit like just the other day I was I was downstairs waiting for a delivery and I hear our neighbors arguing and saying like the man's like oh I got you Victoria's Secret and Bed Bath and Beyond and Bath and Body Works. You like that lingerie? And the woman's like, "Bro, that was like three months ago." I'm like, "Bitch, are you serious? You gonna be that fucking ungrateful?" Well, that's something that women are supposed to want good things. 
and they're supposed to want their man to do good things but for they them. they no i i'm sorry i don't like that i don't like that maybe I, i'm i know i'm a different type of woman i like yeah. the simple things yeah. like you and, 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 like and, you and, and, and me netflix and chill with peanut butter m&ms like shit that's the, that's the shit for me it is it is but that's why when you get with somebody you have to how should i put this you have to pick your battles that's why you have to get to know somebody I'm just saying, it just sounded like she was so fucking ungrateful. Like, three months? Bitch, the lingerie can last as long as your body lasts. Damn. Well, you know what? I would say the same thing about you, though. What the hell? Sometimes you, you can be spoiled. I can sp- I spoil you sometimes. Yeah, I know you do. And you get too spoiled. Sometimes, yeah. See? But See? that doesn't, like... Sometimes I'm like, babe, you don't have to do this. But, but I do, do it anyway. It, you do it because I do it you anyway. love me. Exactly. I do it anyway. That's fine. I spoil you sometimes. I give you rubbies. <laughs> I don't know. Late, 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 I give late. you massage, back massage, foot massage. I did it yesterday, man. Lately, 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 our marriage been on the rocks, but we, 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 we They don't need to know that shit. Hey, we working on it, y'all. We working on they it. Hey, no, they need shit. to know because marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. It is hard sometimes. You got to, you got to pull, you got to fight, you got to grind. But bro, I give you massages that's all you ask for that's man listen listen <laughs> I wish you cooked more though man listen didn't I say that I wanted to make teriyaki chicken okay next time yeah shut okay, up let, 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 let's go shut up let's go back on this tra- I'm gonna beat you on this trauma topic so yeah um babe is there anything else that you feel like that you experience um in your life when is it, that involves trauma situations mm, yeah that you wanna um inform our listeners today like stories from my life just anything comes to mind I, I know personally for mine like <sighs> I feel like one thing about me is I'm usually a strong person, but sometimes when I feel like there's a lot on my plate. No, I, I wasn't saying I'm oh, to you, sorry. Oh. When I feel like there's a lot on my plate, sometimes I get overwhelmed. And, you know, before, you know, a couple years ago when that happened, I'd say, okay, like, you know, God, I got this. You know, it's, it's cool. I got faith to get through this. But now I feel like. For some reason, like when I get overwhelmed, I just like want to turn to other things, you know, like I want to have a drink or if I want to, you know, I want to, you know, just like yell or get angry. And it's like, that's not the best thing to do. And sometimes, you know, I'm learning that like we as human beings, we're not perfect. And I feel like if we spend a lot more time um, focusing on our imperfections and knowing them and learning them instead of our perfections, I feel like we can enjoy who we are as people. I think sometimes when we focus on the good things that we do, we don't recognize the bad things that come out of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem. I feel like if we focus on our our mistakes and the things that we're, we need improving on, instead of looking at like, 
the good all the good things and the qualities we have not saying that we can't we're supposed to look at the good things but we can't ignore the bad things either because if we ignore the bad things i don't care how how much bigger. of the good things we have those bad things are going to overcome what we think is good so i think we need as human beings um we need to figure out what irritates us what makes us what triggers us what um what our pet peeves are and we need to we all need to be more disciplined human beings at some point yeah because that's how you grow that's how you grow yeah and with me um you know there are basic life skills that i'm still learning how to do (coughs) shut up because um i've either been way too stubborn to learn them because my parents don't would, put that on your parents no i'm not saying that i'm can you let me fucking talk damn see this when i go to y'all oh. <laughs> no it's just because like i guess my parents they would try and i'm not gonna sit here and say that they didn't they did they did. They tried, but I just didn't believe in myself to where I needed to, you know, learn how to pay taxes and learn how to drive and stuff like that. Like, my confidence... I mean, you guys hear a side of Sarah Jane on Rogue Radio that I want to be because a lot of the time I'm still struggling with some life skills that I have to learn to excel at and it's been an everyday thing with me and uh, so yeah there are things that I am behind on and I would say that it maybe some of it is from trauma but it's no excuse now that I'm an adult you know what I mean That's true. Also, too, um, one of the one of the favorite sayings that I'm learning, or my favorite saying now, and I think I want to one day, hopefully, like do a book on this. But it's um, the the ladder um, analogy. You know, everybody's different. Everybody climbs up to the ladder at a slower or faster pace. Um, just like the tortoise and the hare, you know, the tortoise, you know, it might have took him a whole day to get to the finish line. The hare, he probably got there within the next hour. Mm-hmm. Now think about this, the hare, the rabbit, he probably got there within an hour, but when he gets there, is he going to be able to, to, the longevity of that success is he going to be able to maintain it the tortoise even though it took him about a day to get there when he gets there he may sustain it better than the hare think about that so just because it took the tortoise longer to get there than the rabbit the rabbit may get there faster, but he may not last there though. Mm-hmm. So my the analogy says is everybody climbs the same ladder. 
I may climb faster than Sarah. Sarah may climb slower than me. But eventually, we're all going to get to that same ladder and that same destination. The thing is, it's not about how fast or how slow you get there. Or it's not about the destination. It's when you get there, how long can you sustain it? That's the question. And that's the... that's the like Body that. can, get, can get there at a faster pace. Just like when I was in school. They told me I couldn't read. I had trouble reading. They said I, I didn't know how to spell words or pronounce words. Now, when then, that was when I was in first grade. I got to middle school, and I would read two freaking books a week. But that lady told me I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody in my class, yeah, they could sound out words and read correctly. So my point is, even though I got there at a slower pace, when I get there and I get it, I get it. And I'll always have it. There's some people that will have it quickly, but they won't know the skills to just make that thing, to sharpen that thing, to make it grow. But there's some people that even though they get there slower, once they get it, they're really, really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's a good uh, analogy because I feel like I know I'm not the only one that struggles nope. the way that I do. Nope. But I think a lot of people they just hate failing because they see other people and Well, that's the thing too, babe, not to cut you off, but other people I think one of the things that um me and Sarah have to learn in our marriage and the things that we have to, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But I think Sarah's a little bit more farther along than I am. And she could correct me if I'm wrong. So, But I think it's getting um, away from what people think. True. If you based every decision you make on what people, how they see you, how what people think, um, you'll never achieve anything. Right, because you're constantly consumed of what other people, you know, say about you or think about you. And you're, you know what I've learned too? Your greatest critic is yourself. Mm-hmm. It's true. Your greatest critic is yourself. Yeah. I, I always say be yourself or lose yourself. Yeah. So like, you have a good opinion about yourself, keep it. You have other people saying that you know, you're a failure and you're this, you're that, and all this other stuff, and you keep that, you've lost who you are, really. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and I guess I base my level of success not always with other people. You compare. I do, I compare. That's that's a no-no. I know. But... I it, told you about the ladder. Man, can I... I need to speak. I love you. <laughs> um, yeah, I do compare. And it's not something that I should do, of course. But I guess it's the fact that... Um, I see myself trying... But when 
I see someone else trying harder, I'm like, well, damn, like, I'm not trying hard enough, so... But you can. I know I can. I know. It's the mind. Yeah. It's the mindset. Yeah. I, I still live in something. my head a little bit. And it's how bad you want something. Mm-hmm. Just think about it like this. If you want to achieve something... Whatever you want to, whatever you want to achieve, and I'm listen. This is this advice is for me too. So as I'm talking, this is for me as well. Um, whenever you want to achieve something, just think of that thing as like your favorite food in the world. <laughs> so every day you get to eat it, but in order to eat it, you have to you have to take steps and to get to it. But what if you get sick of that food? Well, there's many. That's why there's many different foods. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Like, sometimes your favorite food, you get sick of it whenever you eat it too much. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So something else, okay. <clears throat> something else before we go. Before we go um, is Oh no, this needs to be an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Well, um, we'll just go on to, to the other thing I was thinking about talking about now, involving trauma and other things. Um, Sarah, I want to ask you a question. Oh, damn it! What? Um, <laughs> you explained to me that your depression didn't even come until you were in high school. Yeah, around junior year. Around junior your your junior year. Yeah. So before that, how did you live? How did you think before you feel like the depression came? Yeah. Um, well, I always do it by years of high school because that's usually the most prominent uh, area of how my decline was mentally. So freshman year, I was the quiet girl. Everybody, you know... I had a lot of friends, but um, I was still very quiet, and I tried to do my best with everything, you know, and I I made friends wherever I went, really. I mean, I had friends in all different groups, like the goth kids I was friends with, the emo kids I was friends with. That's how I was, too. I know. Um, so I had like friends and acquaintances from different groups. So you were approachable. I I was then. at the time, yeah. And I think it was just because um, people saw me as that wise person because I said less. And uh, sophomore year was when uh, I ended up finding like my passion for God. But that also came with pride as well. So I had an ego. I had a big ego. You still got a big ego. Shut up, man. (laughs) And because of this, I would, um, I had the, I had a Bible under my arm. It was always on top of my books. I would always read it. Um, if someone said something that I didn't like in class, then I spoke up about it sort of thing. You know, I, I was making myself heard basically. And, uh, that, that's all because I went to this rally back in the day called, um, battle cry. 
uh, by Acquire the Fire, and the guy who facilitated it was, uh, he went by the name of Ron Luce, and he kind of changed my perception of, like, what, you know, Christianity is, and because of that, um, like I said, I had pride along with my passion, which was something that I had to learn, is to be humble with my passion. And because of that, I would get very abrasive with my parents because they were old school. They believed in this way about God and I believed in that way about God and we would always clash. And so that also traumatized me because my voice wasn't really heard. And I mean, even even before then, like I always had this kind of I don't want to say yoke on me but I don't even know what you could say it is I just knew that I was different from my family members and they always made me believe it they always let me know that I was different because you were the black sheep I was the black sheep and it was all because like they didn't expect me to be as smart as I was because I was a kid. I don't think that. I don't think that. I don't think it's because you were smart. I think you saw the bullshit and then well, that they too. were afraid that you were going to call out the bullshit. Well, I always did. And see, once you call out the bullshit, of course you're going to be the black cheat because they want to cover <laughs> up. They want to keep the bullshit covered. Oh, yeah. They want to keep the. They want to sweep everything under the rug. Everything was all about how it looked. And um, even. Uh, a sibling of mine, I won't really talk about her just because I don't have her permission, but she's even told me that she's, you know, struggled with the same thing and we haven't and we haven't even, we haven't had a relationship for a very long time because of that, because I saw how my family reacted to her not being involved in the family And then later on, I find out why, and it's like, this is some toxic shit. Like, this is some toxic shit they've been doing to her. And they've been doing the same thing to me. They just don't want you to see... What they've been doing. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what you call manipulation. I don't know if it would be gaslighting or not, but that that would be just textbook manipulation to where one hand is doing the other or one one hand's doing one thing keeping your uh mind distracted but all the while in the background the other hand's doing something else but um so around my junior year i started feeling different um the only way i could describe it is that i started feeling numb like I didn't feel like my whole self um I wasn't sure why because I thought I had a good relationship with God I would talk to God all the time and I would you know try my best to be involved with the youth group and all of that other stuff and it just didn't seem to fill me the way it used to. 
And because of that, I ended up feeling numb. And that's where the depression started coming in is because a lot of the time, and personally for me, my depression or the depression that came on me, it started as a numbness. Like, I I just couldn't access any emotion. I couldn't access any type of joy except for sadness. Like, the only way that I could, you know, feel anything is if I cried. And I cried a lot around this time because I didn't know what was wrong with me. Because I did I don't know if depression ever ran in the family, but maybe on your dad's side. Yeah, maybe. But it was just I I just remember it like even talking about it was kind of scary because it's like I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel happiness or joy like if, you know, my nieces or nephews like ended up achieving something, I couldn't be happy for them like I wanted to be just because I didn't feel it deep down inside, you know. And that lasted for a long time. And their year came around. It got worse to where I ended up having intrusive thoughts of hurting myself, hurting other people. I heard voices in my head and I really don't like talking about it just because I know some people will think I'm crazy by talking about this, but I mean the mind gets sick just as much as the body does, you know? Um, um, not to cut you off, babe, but I will also say, um, when they prescribed you with depression or whatever you had, and they put you, and they diagnosed you with that, and they put you on certain medications, um, I personally, this is my opinion, but I think that's where the, the thoughts came from and the reason why it got worse um because all medicine can do is just to cover up the problem Mm -hmm. that's really there and sometimes medicine actually makes the issue worse so you can keep coming back and getting that same medication so then in that way you can stay in that mental state because you're making the doctor's money yeah that's why I stopped taking it. I mm-hmm. never told my parents because I was living in a, uh, uh, we'll just say government housing at the time, and I was supposed to be part of a mental health facility, but and you weren't. Yeah, I, I mean, like I, like you said, I just saw through the bullshit. I saw the bullshit, and I was like, no, fuck it. Like, I can do this by myself. And was it fucking hard? Yes. Do I recommend it? No, (laughs) not unless you actually talk to your doctor and say that I don't want this medication to make me function. I want to be weaned off of it because I'm not a doctor. I just did a, I don't want to say I did a stupid thing. I think I did it, did something right for me, but I also don't want anyone to be reckless. You did something right for you. 
you did so, you did something right for you, but the system would say no. Oh yeah, the system doesn't care about you. The mental health system doesn't give a shit about you. Now there's good people in the mental health field oh, yeah. that do care for people. And you want to know why those good people quit? Because they don't care. No, because the other people don't care and they yeah. realize that. Yeah. And they need to be somewhere where they're needed. Yeah. That's why. That's why I see so many people in the mental health field go away because the system is so strong to the point where they just want to keep mentally ill people depressed. You know, yesterday, um, during New Breed, okay, um, I looked up the word depress. It's not just about, like, feeling low. It's actually pushing something so far to a lower level. A lower ranking. Like, a lower level of what it should be. So, that to me, I, I believe that depression is demonic because only demons with ranks can push another being to a lower rank. Yes. Interesting. And I know I didn't mean to get spiritual. It's just, it's there. I know it. So. Well, we all have a physical and spiritual and a soulical body. Um, no matter what you believe, it's real. And, you know, I think mental health and trauma can be multiple things. Yeah. Can it be spiritual? Yes. Can it be physical? Yes. Can it be soulical? Yes. Um, trauma is more soulical. Um... Depression is, is, I would say, is more spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have physical, which I feel like can be um, something, you know, mentally wrong. You know, uh, maybe a, 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 a gene or a wrong trait physically. So You're there's talking so there's, about like a disability. Yeah. So so there's three. There's three. You, you know, there you know trauma can be solically traumatized. You know. Physically, mental, you know, mentally ill, physically, you know. So there, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's different ways. There, in, there really is. In my opinion, because I, I always believed, like before I met you, that there's a separation between the mental and the spiritual, but that's not true. Mm. I always believe, I, I believe now that there is to every negative thing, there is a spirit behind it. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're possessed by it but you're tormented by it well i agree and disagree this is why i disagree now i used to think like that this is why i disagree though now i've learned even like being in the mental health field and talking to people i learned that people are people of habit so sometimes how are those uh habits formed though generational curses their their upbringing though yeah, generational so cycle. curses. So, so cycle. Yeah. Yeah. A generational curse is a cycle. Well, necessarily not a curse. It's just they're just stuck in the cycle for what their mom and their ancestors did. Isn't that what demons do? To some extent. Okay. There's levels to it. Okay. But not every mental. I don't believe not every mental illness has to do with demons. 
I do. I don't. I don't believe that. I just don't. I don't. I don't know more. It's fine. But I will say that, you know, I've talked about this in my last episode about mental health and stuff like that. That, you know, I was di- I was prescribed two medications, Zoloft and Risperdal. I I can say the names because I haven't, you know, taken them in forever. So, um, Zoloft, if I didn't take it consistently, my mood would go up and down. Which to me created a well, dependency. I'll t- well, well, I'll tell you right. I'll tell you right now that the medicine is demonic. Well, yeah. No, I, I just want to. F- they put stuff in the medicine. Yeah, I just want to, you know, explain why I I believe that it's demonic because Zoloft created a dependency in me where I was dependent on the drug to stabilize me. How did it make you feel when you took the drug? Calm. It made me feel regulated basically but when i didn't take it it's when i had mood swings up and down up and down and to me that's not helping me like a medicine shouldn't do that yeah um the other one risperdal helped with racing thoughts and it didn't necessarily quiet the thoughts it helped my reaction to the thoughts so i wouldn't like react to my thoughts but even that it gives you hormone problems like men who take it develop breasts like okay you know how some people they go to a psychic and they ask for help and because of that there's also a price to pay I shouldn't be paying a price for a drug that I take that's supposed to help me my mood swings were the price that I had to pay. The hormone imbalances that people get from taking Respiradol is the price that they had to pay. So, yeah, I believe that medication, to an extent, is witchcraft. That's, that's a very interesting intake. Very interesting. Anything else you want to discuss? Mm, what about you? Um, I think I think I pretty think we pretty much discussed on my on my end. Okay. Well, this has been let's talk with my hubby. I will. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I will say this. Um, I will be doing a lot more podcasts in the future on here. So. Um, I hope you guys we're gonna have a lot of fun. Will listen to me, cause I might be on here just me by myself. Just you by yourself. So what now? What we gonna what we gonna talk? What I, we gonna call that? I am gonna talk about some very interesting things in the future. Um, mainly about uh relationships. Uh. What makes a good man? What makes a good husband? Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, how to how to find a good man? How to find a good wife? I love that. Uh, we're gonna talk about um, 
even some sports stuff for if there's any sports fans on here. Oof. So. Oof. Okay. I'm going to have to make you a new so, thumbnail. Uh, I'm going to have to make you a thumbnail. We're going to we're, we're going to brainstorm after this now. So, you got to uh, have your own little section in my podcast now. So, guys, just get get ready. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Hey. Right. What Rogue Radio's getting more well-rounded. I love that. What the fuck? No. Oh. What happened? I don't know. That's, that's wild. That's wild. I appreciate you. We appreciate you so much for listening. We will see you in the trenches next time.